Good evening, everyone, from my side. Um, welcome to Prodeo Church. We are so glad that you are here tonight as we continue our series, um, I Was Invited. And last week we had a bit of a break in our series. Luke was here. Um, he's the chairperson of our board um, all the way from Chicago, and he brought a great message on Psalm 23. So if you missed that last week, make sure that you go and catch up um, on our website. You can listen to the audio or on YouTube. You can go and watch um, the, the video itself, so it was just a great message. But tonight we're continuing our series, I Was Invited. And um, this week, um, I started paying a little bit more attention again to my garden. It's springtime, it's time that everything grows. And I don't know who of you, some of you might say, like, I've got green fingers. I'm like that as well. Like, most of the things I plant, they just grow. But I know some of you might sit here tonight, and you're like, I've got black fingers. No matter what I plant, they die. The other day, I was talking to someone, and they're like, I plant cactuses, and they die. And I'm like, how do you kill a cactus? It's just like a little bit of water every now and again, then when you remember, but it should grow. But even if you do have green fingers, sometimes things just don't grow. So before we moved to Cape Town, we live in a town called Springs, and it got quite cold in the winter, and especially just before spring, we would always get frost, a black frost. So it means that the plants freeze so instantly that the insides of the plant literally freezes, and then the plants die. The leaves turn all black, and they die. And people would always try to cover it up and like try to keep things like bougainvilleas that won't grow in a place that cold. They would always try to cover them up during winter and try to keep them alive so that it might grow. But what I learned in the process, if something doesn't want to grow, it just doesn't want to grow. So what I've learned in the process is I'm going to plant stuff that wants to grow. And if it doesn't want to grow, I'm like, okay, plant, that's the end of the line for you. And I will plant something else that I know will grow in that spot. So tonight, we are at part three of our topic of our series, I Was Invited, and our topic tonight is sowing versus growing. And we'll be talking tonight about what is the difference between sowing and growing, and what is my responsibility when it comes to both. And this is kind of like a message for everyone here who calls themselves a Christian. So if you're not a Christian yet and you're still thinking about it, um, then you can listen to this anyway, and maybe you will understand something of our passion. But if you're a Christian, this is something, this is a message that Jesus taught that is very specific for us who say, like, we follow Jesus. But I want to give you a quick recap um, of what we've been saying in this series. In the first part, um, part one, we talked about Hearing, seeing, inviting, and repeating. And we said you cannot invite someone into a relationship with Jesus if you have not had an encounter with him first. We need to hear about him. We need to see him. We need to encounter Jesus. And once that happens in our life, because of the joy that is inside of us, we get the ability to naturally invite people. We want to share the good stuff in our lives naturally. The second week, um, we, we said, don't be so paralyzed by your fear of rejection that you don't even try. And we read this amazing story of this guy who went out to invite people to a banquet and no one wanted to come. And he could have given up, but his master sends him out and he's like, go and invite some other people. And he goes out and some people responded. So we said, if you share your faith, if you invite someone to church, if you invite someone to follow Jesus, you will always... Somewhere along the line, experience rejection. Someone that's going to say, like, no, I'm not interested. And always somewhere along the line, you will experience someone who says, like, okay, I'll come to the party. But tonight at part three, um, our topic is sowing versus growing. So if you've got your Bible here, you can open to Matthew 13. Matthew 13, 
And we're going to read tonight from uh, Matthew 13, verse 3 to 9. If you don't have a Bible and you have a cell phone, go and download it on your phone, and you can read any translation you can think of. Um, just search for Bible, and you will see the Vision Bible app is right on your phone. But tonight we're at Matthew 13, and Jesus was teaching a crowd of people. And the crowd, there were so many people that wanted to hear Jesus teach that, that they were pushing kind of like against Jesus, and he had to get on a boat and kind of like go a little distance from the shore so that he could, could speak to them. And then he told a parable. Now, a parable is a story that Jesus used of something that people would understand, so something that makes sense to them in order to explain a deeper spiritual truth to them. That's a parable. So Jesus shares a parable with them in order to, to teach them something really important about the way we hear about God and about the way it then grows inside of us. So we're going to read Matthew 13. And if you grew up in church, you've probably heard this a thousand times, but we're going to look at it again tonight. Matthew 13, verse 3. Then he, that's Jesus, told all these people many things in parables. And this is one of them. It says, a farmer, Jesus said, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and they ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where he did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. You see verse 8, it starts with the interesting word. Say that with me. Still. Still other seed, despite everything that happened, still other seed fell on good soil where it produced the crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. And that's what we're going to read tonight. Jesus told this very interesting story to everyone to explain something to them. But I think afterwards, his disciples kind of went away and they asked Jesus, like, Jesus, why do you tell these weird stories? Like, you are not a farmer, we're not farmers, we're not, we don't get exactly why you're talking about seed. Should I go out and plant some millies or some corn or what should I do? And um, then Jesus actually, from verse, I think it's verse 13, and you can read it at home when you get home, or for, sorry, from verse 19, he starts to explain to them what he means. Okay, so this is not my take on what I think this means. This is literally from verse 19, what Jesus tells them what this means. And I quickly want to share it with you, and you can go and read it at home. And I want to draw through to what we might see in the world when we sow the seed of God. So when, when Jesus talked about a seed that was sown, what he's saying is he's talking about the good news of Jesus, that once you believe in him that you have received, that you now should go out and sow into the lives of other people. So we invite, we share, we tell them what we experienced. And um, this is basically what happens. And we see there's four different places where the seed fell. So in those days, they didn't have fancy tractors and fancy equipment to plant the seeds. What they would do is they would work the land, and then they would have this big leather bag with seeds in it. And they would take a handful of seeds, and they would throw it, like, and just kind of spread it out all over the place. So the seed would fall kind of like all over. And we read that there's four places that the seed fell. And I'm quickly going to run through it, and then we're going to say, what does this mean to us? So the first place where the seed fell was on a path. It's, it, was, it probably wasn't um, like tar or brick, but it could have been 
a rocky path, something made of some stones, a cobblestone path. It could have been just like ground that was really compacted, but the seed couldn't go into the ground, so therefore it couldn't grow. And then the birds come and they pick it up. And Jesus says in verse 19, that seed that falls into certain people's life, it doesn't get a chance to take root. That is people who hear about Jesus and they say like, I yeah, you know, like that doesn't, I don't really care about it. And then he says, the devil comes and he takes that away out of their lives. So that's someone that you might share with them about Jesus and they're just not interested and they just don't give a next step. And that is when the devil comes and basically takes that away from them. The second place where it falls is we read that it fell in rocky places. So there was soil, but below the soil there was maybe like a slab of of stone or there was maybe like a lot of stones in between. So the seeds fell, but they couldn't go really deep. So they grew, but the roots kind of stayed shallow. And if, if you know anything about gardening, especially in this drought in Cape Town, they would tell you, don't water shallow. So don't give a little bit of water so that it sits at the top. Because if, if a plant's roots grow just below the surface and the sun comes out, it will dry up very quickly. But if you water it deep and the roots can go down and the sun comes out, the plant will be fine. So Jesus says in these rocky places, it is people who hear the word. So they hear about Jesus, they're invited to church, invited into a relationship with Jesus, but they don't grow deep. So they maybe come to church once or twice in a month, and they're like, ah, this is cool, you know, maybe if they remember they will read a little Bible or pray or spend some time with God, but they don't really allow it, they don't really spend the time with God for the seed that God has planted in their or in our life to grow deep. So what happens, what Jesus said, is the moment difficulty comes... It dies. So the moment you get some, some, some difficult things in your life, the moment you lose your job, the moment you struggle financially, the moment that someone in your life gets sick and it doesn't make sense to you and it's difficult to you, you're like, I just give up. Because the roots didn't grow deep. So it wasn't really about knowing Jesus. Often I think that is when we try to use God as a vending machine. We go to God and we're like, God, this is what I want. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pop a 10 round into the machine and press the button and then a Coke should fall out. So God, I'm just going to tell you what I want and then you need to do exactly that. I don't really have a relationship with God, but I hope that God will kind of do what I want. And then difficulty comes. And because it was a shallow relationship, not a true relationship, but basically consumerism, it just kind of dies. The third group that Jesus talks about, he says, it is a seed that fell in good soil and it shooted some roots and the plant started to grow. So the person started to follow Jesus. But then we read that thorn plants came up and they grew quicker. So they just strangled the seed, the little plant that came up, it strangled them. And Jesus says that these are the people, two things occupy them. He says, one, Worries and two wealth. So when I read about this third group of people, I think this is the typical Christian in the 21st century. We follow Jesus. We allow, we spend time with him. We want that relationship to grow. We allow some of our roots to grow deep. But let's be honest, there's a lot of worries in the world. We worry about how I'm going to pay my car or how I'm going to pay for my house or how I'm going to put, put food on my table. I worry about my health or my parents' health. I worry about so many different things, and then it just like, it chokes my faith out. So instead of staying connected with God, these things that I worry about, they just choke it out. And it's interesting that Jesus says worry and money, because money has an interesting effect. God, the Bible never says money is bad. 
But it does say that money is one of the few things that can directly compete in your heart, and not specifically just money, but any kind of stuff. When the Bible talks about mammon, often you would hear about mammon if you grew up in church. It's not just money. It's any stuff. And stuff has the ability to outcompete in our hearts with God. So as I start coming to church, I spend some time with God, my roots start growing deep. But then I get a new job and I get a lot of money and I buy a new house and I have to spend a lot of time with that and I get a new car and I have to wash it and polish it every week and it's so much fun. You know, and I have to get all kinds of new recipes to, to make food that I've never made before because I never had money for smoked salmon or whatever. And now all of these things that sound really good start to fill my life up so much that this little seed of God, of Jesus, of the hope, of the purpose, of the joy, of the peace that started to grow in my life just gets strangled by all this stuff I have. It's not just me saying this, this is exactly what Jesus said. But then we read in about the, second, the fourth place where this seed fell, and it fell on good soil. It fell in the heart that was open to God. It fell in a place where, where that person is like, God, I want to grow deep. Whether I worry about things that's difficult in my life, where I experience difficulty, whether um, there's a lot of things in my life going on, a new job, a new car, kind of new stuff, I am going to put my priority in growing deep because I know all of this stuff, it won't really bring me happiness. It will be temporary. But it won't be forever. I, don't, I know all of this stuff won't really bring me peace because there's too much craziness going on around me in the world. I know that all of this stuff won't bring me hope because often when I look at the news, it seems like there is no hope. So therefore, I'm going to focus on growing deep roots in my faith, the only place where I can true, find true meaning, true hope, true purpose, true joy, true peace. And I read this story and thought about, often we preach about this in one of two ways. We either say, this story is, Jesus told it for me. He told it so that I could look at the, at the condition of my heart. I think that's true, but I don't think that's the only reason Jesus told this story. And I want to tell you tonight, whether you follow Jesus or not, I think this is a reminder for us to say, like, where is my heart at tonight? Am I maybe a path where the seed of the gospel fell, but there's just no place for it to grow because there's just too many other things in my life, so I allow it to just disappear. Or am I maybe some rocky soil where it grows, but then it's kind of like it just dies when the sun comes out, when difficulty arrives in my life? Am I maybe soil with rocks in between? Or am I soil where there's some other plants that will drown it out? Or am I good soil? And if you remember from the first week, I said invitation, inviting other people to follow Jesus, only comes from a heart filled with joy. Invitation normally only comes from a heart that is at number four. A place where you say, despite what's going on in my life, this is the number one thing in my life. I'm going to put God back on the throne. I'm going to allow my roots to grow deep. So before I talk about the rest part, about the invitation part, I want you tonight to just think about your own life. Because we do have a responsibility to work the soil of our own lives. And where is your heart at? Where is your heart, heart at tonight? How much are you willing to give to God? How deep will you allow the gospel to grow in your heart? But when I read this story, I don't think it's only about the condition of my heart. I think Jesus told it to people who followed him. He told this to his disciples. He said, this is what it means. Why? 
Because he wanted to teach them a truth about the job that he gave them. You see, every single person who follows Jesus got a job. And we read in the Bible, in Matthew 28, the last words of Jesus, he said, here's your job. So if you follow Jesus tonight, this is your job. Go and make disciples. Go and share with other people the joy that you found in Jesus. Go and share with other people the hope that you found. Go and share the community that you found in his church. Don't keep it for yourself. Go and make disciples. And Jesus tried to teach his disciples a very important lesson. He tried to teach them that there's a difference between sowing and growing. See, it's about sowing, but knowing that the growing does not depend on you. It's about sowing, but knowing that the growing does not depend on you. Because often what happens as Christians is we try to, to sow. So we go to people around us that we think really needs Jesus. And I take that bag out, man, and I start sowing. I start telling them about my great experience at church, about the family we, we are. I start to tell them about how God changed my life. I invite them to church. And then we think that it's my job to make their relationship with God grow. And why do I say I think that's my job? Because when they don't show up, how do I feel? I feel shattered. I don't want to invite anyone else because I was rejected. Or when they come once and they go away, I feel shattered. Like, why doesn't my friend want to come to my church? Why are they not interested in Jesus? I feel so shattered because nothing grew. And what Jesus tried to tell his disciples is, I have called you to sow. I've called you to go out and to share. But I did not ask you to make anything grow. And Paul describes this very perfectly in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 6. Paul says this. He says, I came into your town and I sowed the seed. So I told you about Jesus. I made the invitation. I showed you what it can mean to you. And I asked you to follow him. But he says, then Apollos, another preacher, was a really good preacher. Then he came and he watered. So he came and but what he did is he helped you to, to, to just take a next step. He, he, he poured some water into you. He taught you more about Jesus. He told you more about what it means to follow him. He helped you, that root, to grow down. And he says, but this, this is the important thing. But it is God who does the growing. He says, I planted, Apollo's watered, but God grow. That's what God does. And I think when Jesus tells the story, what is important is he wants us to know that our job, my job, is to keep sowing, not to make things grow. My job is to keep sharing Jesus. My job is not to make someone else's faith grow. Because guess what? Even me as a pastor, I cannot make your faith grow. That's something between you and God. I can sow and I can water, but I cannot make it grow. And the problem is if we do not understand this, a wrong understanding of this can lead to unnecessary disappointment in our lives. It comes to a place where I'm disappointed every time when someone says, I don't want to come. Every time someone doesn't grow in their faith because I think they're rejecting me. You sowed the seed. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the seed. They're rejecting God at the end of the day. But we take it so personally because we have a wrong understanding of faith. And this is how I often see faith. You think about a chain. A chain is made up of different links, right? And I always think about it this way. It might take someone 13 links to get to a place where they actually decide to follow Jesus. And you do not know where you are in that link. 
You could be the very first link, the very first person to share something about Jesus. I might be the second link who share a little more to help them understand. And then a community group might be a third link, and then someone else who tells them might be a fourth link. And finally, when we get to the 13th link, they finally say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to allow this to grow deep. You see, and if I'm disappointed when I'm link one or when I'm link three or when I'm link five, if I'm disappointed, I might get to a place where I'm never a link again because I believe that I failed. We never fail when we sow because you are just at a specific point in that link. And one day we don't know when and where someone might actually, that seed might actually start to grow. We have the wrong idea. It could lead to unnecessary disappointment. It is like, I don't know who watched the rugby yesterday. Luckily, I didn't. So, thinking that it's your job to make someone's faith grow is like thinking you shouting really loud from behind a TV screen will make the Springboks win. And that's going to lead to unnecessary disappointment when they lose. So that's why I don't watch rugby, because guess what? I can shout so loud, it's not going to make them win or lose. They have to put the job, they have to do the work. The coach can even guide them, but they have to do the work. And the same in our faith. Don't feel disappointment because you're shouting from behind a screen and you think that your shouting is going to make a difference. I love this part in verse 8, that one word, still, still, a five-letter word that on its own is kind of like, what does it mean? Still water, no bubbles in it. But when you put it in the context of a sentence, it changes everything. My life fell apart. Still, God put it back together. I was sick. Still, I could find hope in God. I struggled to trust God. Still, He gave me enough grace to give one step at a time. He says, like, you're going to sow, and you're going to sow, and some people, is just gonna, they will just reject it. Other people might take a little step, and then they back off. And other people, it might seem like it's growing, and then suddenly they just disappear, and you're all brokenhearted, and you're like, I never want to share again. He says, but still, guess what? If you continue to sow, something will happen. You see, God's gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, has the power to change lives. And it has the power to grow in even the hardest soil. But it's not your job to figure out where it will grow or not. And if you are faithful in continuing to grow despite the disappointments, somewhere a seed will grow. And you don't know where that seed will grow. And you do not know what it will deliver at the end of the day. You could lead someone to Jesus that might one day lead a thousand people to Jesus, or that might lead one person to Jesus, or that might lead a nation to Jesus. You do not know who you're sharing with. But at the end of the day, do not get to a point where you stop sowing just because you're disappointed. So I want to give you a couple of practical steps tonight, three lessons that we can learn from this, because I don't want you to walk out of here tonight and say like, okay, Louis, that was cool, I know I need to sow. What can I do? Three things. The first thing I want you to do tonight is to accept the reality that it's your job to sow and not to grow. 
Okay, you need to accept that. When you go to work tomorrow and you start talking about what you learned today at church, or when you go out to work tomorrow and you share what you, you heard from God when you were doing your Bible study, you need to do that knowing and accepting the fact that you sow a seed, but it won't necessarily grow. Otherwise, you're setting yourself up for unnecessary disappointment. Okay, that's step one. Just accept that fact. Step two, let's get practical. Keep sowing. Let me tell you something what happens when you stop sowing. What happens when you stop sowing? There's no growth. If our farmers, if every farmer in South Africa today decided to stop sowing seed, do you know what will happen in a month's time? We will not eat. If they say, we've been in a drought for so many years all over the country, so we're just going to stop sowing, we will be without food. You see, and this is the beauty to me often that I see when I'm on a farm is these people really have to trust God. Sometimes they have water and they, they have like sprayers that they can switch on. But when the dams run empty, they don't have that. But a lot of big farmers still rely on the rain. So they go out and they do the work. But at the end of the day when they sow, they say, God, you need to send the rain to make this grow. Because I can't produce rain. I can't make this thing grow. And at the end of the day, that's what we need to do. When we stop sowing, there will be no growing. But as long as we sow, something will come up. Some lives will be changed. Some people who need hope will find hope in Jesus. Some lives that are broken will find healing. Marriages falling apart will be reconciled again. Relationships with parents and children that are broken will be repaired again. When we keep sowing, people will find hope and they will find peace and they will find meaning because that is the gospel of the power and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So keep sowing. Don't just go to work tomorrow and say, like, you know, I've got a job to do. You've got two jobs to do. You've got the job that you um, applied for to do, and then you've got the job that you got when you decided to follow Jesus, and that's to keep sowing, to keep sharing your faith. And the third thing I want you to do, and this is not actually in the story, but I think if Jesus had talked about this a little more, I think this would have been part of the story, is continue to work the soil. Because guess what? When, before this guy started sowing, there was no land. There was only rocks and thorns and grass. See, we don't read that part of the story. But before you can even start to sow, you have to take the rocks out. And if you drive past big farms, you will often see these piles of rocks. That's years and years of people taking the rocks out of the soil in order to have a land where they can plant. You have to take all the weeds out. You have to prepare the soil. So what I, what I mean by that is don't, don't just give up on a friend if you think they are rocky soil. Don't just give up if you think there's too many weeds growing in their life. You continue to work that soil. You continue to share with them. You continue to, to kind of try to guide them and help them to see the truth. But don't just give up because it seems like a hard job to do. Work the soil and sow the seed. Prodeo Church, we started a year and a half ago. And then we decided to start in the city, in the city bowl. But our vision was never to just stay here. Our vision has always been from the beginning to be a church that can reach the metro. The whole metro. That means we decided not to sow 100,000 seeds. We decided to sow 3.8 million seeds. That's what we decided. Will 3.8 start to grow? No. 
I don't think so. Not now. Not immediately. But one day, maybe. But we have to, to start. See, this was always a vision to say, like, this is about a long-term game. This is not just about doing something where we sow a seed and we want to see something grow tomorrow. We know this is a game for the long term. We know we're going to start sowing, and slowly the seeds will start to grow, and we will start to see bigger and bigger bushes growing out of this. We know that starting this church is a long-term game. We are planting so that our children and their children might one day know Jesus and one day might be part of a church. We also know that starting this church is bigger than just City Bowl. We know that it's not just about sowing seeds here. And by the way, a lot of you are not even from the City Bowl because someone sowed a seed in your life. Someone invited you. Someone shared Jesus with you. And at the end of the day, this is what we want to do as a church. We want to continue to sow to this metro so that the seeds of God's gospel of Jesus Christ might start to grow in lives all over the metro. So go out this week. Accept that reality that it's your job to sow, not to grow. Keep sowing and keep working the soil. That's what we've been called to do. Let's pray. Jesus, I want to pray for every single person sitting here tonight. I pray that you would just help us. To see the condition of our own hearts. I pray, Lord, that, that we will not walk out of this place with, with a soil condition that's just a hard path. Or that tonight we will open up our lives and allow you, allow the roots of the gospel to grow deep down into our lives. Because we know without you, without the hope that we find in Jesus Christ, without the relationship that's been reconciled with our Father in heaven, our Creator, we're going to struggle to get through this life in one piece. So I pray tonight, Lord, that you will just open our hearts. I pray that your word will grow deep down into our souls. But I also pray, Lord, that we will take our responsibility as Christians serious. That we will understand that we are farmers. That we need to sow and that we need to bring in a harvest for you. That we won't just pass that on to someone else that we as Prodeo Church will take this call serious, that we will do it. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, I'm Louis Skippers, the lead pastor of Prodeo Church, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to this message today. If you felt inspired by it and you would like to see this continue, we would love to get some of your support. So follow one of the three links below. There's two for South African donors, one a Snapscan link and one our banking details. Or if you're an international listener, there's also a link for you to follow if you wanted to give. So from my side, thank you again and may God bless you.